God's word. No, no, say it like you mean it. This is God's word. Not Pastor Evans' word. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, thank you for your word. It's a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. And as I step back, I thank you for the Holy Spirit stepping up so that everyone here is fed the uncompromising word of God. We thank you for being such a good God, for loving us so much. And Father, I pray that as we hear the word, change will come in our lives. And we'll be able to not just hear about the promises of of God, but we'll experience the promises of God. So thank you in advance for signs, miracles, and wonders to follow the word after we hear it. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody say, Amen. amen, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. We're in a series called Faith to Expand. Just look at your neighbor and say, Faith to Expand. And we are calling that, or we started that series because we believe that in 2015, God is going to expand our lives. God is going to expand you on your job. He's going to expand your family if you're believing for children. He's going to expand your marital status. In other words, if you're single, he's going to expand you this year. Amen. If you are uh, believing God for a promotion, we'll believe that he's going to expand your favor. However, many times you and I, we never take the time to discern or understand how our emotions affect us or how, watch this, how to change them if they're negative. And so the goal of the lesson today is to identify the emotions that we have so we can see how we can eventually affect our direction and our decisions in life. In fact, I want you to say this. Say, my emotions will affect my direction and affect my decisions. So if you're taking notes, today's message title is Managing Your Emotions for Expansion. Managing Your Emotions for Expansion. It reminds me of a joke about an old dollar bill and an even older $20 bill, and they both arrived at the Federal Reserve Bank to be retired. See, what people don't know is once bills get so old, they send them and they have them shredded and burned. Well... The $20 bill said to the $1 bill, I've had a pretty good life. I've been to Vegas, the finest restaurants in New York, and I've even been on a Caribbean cruise. And the dollar bill said, you have had an exciting life. The $20 bill asked the $1 bill, well, where have you been? He says, oh, I've been to the Methodist church. I've been to the Baptist church. I even spent some time in the Lutheran church. 
And the $20 bill said, wait, what's a church? I'm going to just let that linger right there. How many know churches sometimes see more George Washingtons than they do 20s? In other words, most people have a negative emotion when it comes to church and money. And one of the things that will help change your emotional status, and I think I may go over this next week, is when you have, watch this, vision for your life. Something happened to me that has helped change my emotional responses to certain situations. Uh, when we had the Night of Hope with uh, Pastor Joel Osteen, there were about 25,000 people in that arena, and they watched me stand on that stage and declare favor over their finances and over their life. Now, because there were so many people in that room, I don't know if I'm meeting somebody for the first time and if they saw me on that stage. So the tendency for me to get irritated when I'm going through customer service issues, okay, the other day. I called and trying to get something straight, and the guy was having an attitude. I promise you I didn't have no attitude. But see, the devil knows your weaknesses. And so, uh, you know, and, and, and I know the devil likes to get me in devil-level moment attitudes when it comes to poor customer service. And so he was just acting rude. And so finally I said, you know what, sir, I think I'll call back so I can maybe talk with someone else and get the answers I need. And he went even further. He was like, well, I gave you the answers you need. I said, sir, if you was on this side of the phone, you would understand why I don't want to talk with you anymore. Now, see, I was thinking, if I go off on this guy, he may go to Pastor Joel Osteen's church. <laughs> and I'm going to make Joel look bad. Uh, no, one time someone came out and did the air, con you know, we had our air-conditioned ducts clean. You know, they have dust in them sometimes. And so the guy came out, he cleaned it, did a good job. And so as I got ready to pay him, he says, uh, so you're a pastor, aren't you? And I'm thinking, well, how do you know? And uh, I said, uh, yes, I am. I said, how would you know that? He says, well, my wife's best friend, now this is an Anglo fella. He says, my wife's best friend goes to your church. And what if I would have had a devil-level moment with him? In other words, watch this, because I've experienced or have exposure to my future, it has helped me to maintain and control my emotional status. Where I may have gone and in the past got irritated with people on a real early level, now I'm looking, I'm going, I'm past this. Pastor Evan Connor is on TV. He's a national person now. He's not just a local individual. And when you get a vision of who you are and who God has, what's this, made you to be, it'll change your emotional responses. Can you say amen? So if you have your Bibles, find 1 Chronicles chapter 4, verses 9, 1 Chronicles 4, 9, and then 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23. That was 1 Chronicles chapter 4, verse 9, and then 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23. I want to define emotions so all of us are on the same page because everyone in this room, regardless of our race, our gender, our financial status or background, we all have emotions. Can you agree with me on that? Okay, so let me define what emotions are and then we're going to jump into the lesson this morning. Emotions, in a very simple sense, are a positive 
or negative mental state. That's what it is. It's a positive or negative mental state. Our emotions normally rise almost spontaneously as a result of an experience, the result of a thought, whether it's real or perceived. Our emotions tend to go up when we experience attitudes or even actions on other people's parts. Emotionally, it's normally a short-term, but they can have long-term effects. And what happens is if we allow a negative situation to change our emotions, if we don't watch it and maintain that negative emotional state, it's going to eventually affect us and what God has for us. So in, in 1 Chronicles 4.9, let me show you someone who had the, uh, who was brought up to have a negative emotion. And I'm going to show you why negative emotions don't work for you. When you say negative emotion, what are you talking about? I'm talking about isolating yourself. How many know that's a negative emotion? Yeah. Uh, grieving, that's a negative emotion. Uh, uh, hurting, that's a negative emotion. Uh, not that it's wrong, but it's negative when we stay in those conditions because I'm going to show you through God's Word today that when we stay in a negative emotion, it affects how we believe. In First Chronicles 4, 9, this is what it says. And Jabez was more honorable than his brethren. And his mother called his name Jabez, saying, Because I bear him with sorrow. In other words, this lady named her son based on her current emotional status. She says, I, I, because whatever was going on in her life made her sorrowful, she decided to name her son Jabez. And the word, the name Jabez, watch this, it means sorrowful and it means, and this is interesting, it means uh, to grieve. So I don't know what was going on in her life, but she decided to name her son based on her negative emotion. Now, watch this in verse 10. In spite of that, Jabez said, he called on God and said, if you would just bless me indeed. He said, you know what, in spite of what my mother named me, in spite of what my experience was growing up, in spite of being the black sheep of the family, in spite of, watch this now, being abused in a relationship that I used to be in, in spite of having a negative experience on my job or at, a, at another church, he says, in spite of that, God, I want you to bless me indeed. And then he says, and I want you to enlarge, say enlarge. And that word enlarge, it's the same word, expand. He says, I want you to enlarge and expand my coast. And then he says, and that your right hand or your hand might be with me, that you may keep me from evil, that it may not grieve me. And the, the Bible says, and God granted him that which he requested. Jabez did not allow his potential negative emotional state of his parents Keep him from having healthy emotions for himself. Amen. So where do emotions come from? Go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Where do they come from? Because they come from somewhere. You know, there are certain things about us that derive from places. Like, for instance, when you go to the doctor, that's why they ask you, you know, what's your family history? 
You know, does your family have high blood pressure? Does your family have sugar diabetes? Does your family have this? Does your family have that? What they're trying to do is trace the bloodline of your family. Well, guess what? Emotions come from somewhere. Let's see where they come from so we can begin to manage them. First Thessalonians 5 verse 23. I'm reading out the King James. It says, And the very God of peace sanctify you holy, and I pray, God, that your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Notice that we are made into three parts. Spirit, say spirit. Soul, say soul. Say body. Now, here's the thing. We're made up into these three parts. So our emotions must be located in one of those three. I'm going to tell you up front. Our emotions are located in our soul. Now, since the emotions take place in the soul realm, our soul affects our bodies and our spirits or our hearts. In other words, where the condition of your soul, it affects your body. So let's just think. Uh, when, when my wife and I, we were dating, and, uh, you know, she had some, uh, you know, her mom, they didn't, her mom didn't used to, like, whoop them. Her mom used to beat them, okay? She was abused as a kid by her mom. And so we were watching uh, I Love Lucy one day, and uh, I was trying to watch the show, and my wife was just talking, which is what she normally does. And, and she's talking. She just talk, 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 talk. So I just took the remote to mute her. But when I turned around with the remote and did this, she did this. Because her emotional response was based on her relationship that she had with her mother. She thought I was going to do what her mother did. Amen. And when you don't get healed from negative emotions, whoever encounters you today are not really encountering you. They're encountering the person uh, three years ago that you were that had been hurt from different people. And that's why a lot of people don't end up getting remarried again because they can't let go of the last negative relationship they were in. Boy, it's quiet in here. So, let me tell you, our soul consists of five components. And watch this. All five of these components that I'm going to share with you they are influenced, say influenced. They are influenced by our five senses. Now remember last week I said that uh, desires are triggered by our five senses. Well, in this case, our soul consists of five components and these five components are influenced by our five senses. So here's the five components. The first component is our mind. In other words, if you're taking notes, write down soul and then under soul, you're going to, this is what your soul is made up of. It's made up of your mind. Say your mind. And this is just where you think. It's also made up of your will. Say your will. And this is where you and I make decisions. And then it's made up of our imagination. Say imaginations. And this is how we see what happens to us. See, and this is why a lot of people, if they have negative emotions, they can't foresee futuristically something good happening in their life. See, God has given you and I imagination, but he's given us one so that it can progress us in life. He wants, to, he wants us to see ourselves like he sees us. 
But see, what we do, we use our imaginations in the negative. Okay, they talk about laying off on your job, and it's located, you know, the headquarters is in New Jersey. And they, they you know, you get the email, uh, we're laying off, and we're going to start here in New Jersey. Here you are in Texas, already planning on getting laid off. Well, last time I was at a job, I got laid off. I'm, I bet you we're going to be the first department that they start in. Negative emotion. Amen. Your mind, your will, your imaginations. Here's number four. Your intellect, say intellect. And this is how we reason and determine things. And then number five is our emotions. And this is how you and I feel about what we think. It's how we feel about what we see. It's how we feel about what has been decided in our life. In other words, it's where we feel. And if our emotions are off, our soul is off. Now watch this. Third John 2 says this. Beloved, I wish or pray above all things that you prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. So your soul has a whole lot to your prosperity. Not just your financial prosperity, but he said, I pray above all things that you prosper and be in health. So some people, they are physically sick because their soul is sick. Amen. Now, in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, let me show you how powerful the soul is. See, the soul is invisible. You can't see nobody's soul. You know why? Because it's spiritual. Just like the words that are coming out of my mouth. They're spiritual. You can't see them. Can you see my words? If you can, I'm going to be praying for you. Can't see my words. Jesus said, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. And so your soul, the soul part of you, your mind, your will, your imaginations, your intellect, your emotions, they are part of that spirit realm. And that's why in in, uh, Hebrews 4.12 it says, for the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. And the word of God pierces even to the dividing apart of soul and spirit. Now I'm going to read that out of the Living Bible and then I'm just going to say something about it. The Living Bible says this, For the Word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit. In other words, your soul sounds so much like your spirit, the only thing that can divide it is the Word of God. And that's why I gave you seeds last week. Those seeds represent you growing in the spirit. It's growing as a believer. And so as you read and pray every day, you get to water your plant or your seeds. Now, I know on the packet some of the seeds said, don't plant it until this certain time. No, these are inside plants we're doing. We're not putting these outside. You just get you a bowl or put you, get you a cup and put your seeds in. And if you don't know what we're talking about, hopefully there are some seeds left and you can listen to last week's message. However, notice that he said that only the word can divide my soul from my spirit, which says this. If I cannot discern the difference between my soul's voice and my spirit's voice, I'm going to make a soulish decision. And when you make soulish decisions, soulish decisions are based on how you feel. It's based on, see, if it's based on how you feel, well, if you, you know, feel like James Brown, I feel good, so good, so good, I feel good. Y'all ain't helping a brother. 
But then what if you don't feel good? I don't feel good. I don't feel good. Don't feel good. So good. I don't feel good. Y'all still ain't helping a brother. In other words, what I'm saying to you is if your soul feels good that day, you feel good that day. But if your soul don't feel good that day, you don't feel good that day. And I'm going to show you next that your soul and how and the condition of it, if it's negative, it affects how you believe. And how you believe determines what you get from God. Amen. All right. So let's turn now to, uh, in, let's go to John chapter 20. John chapter 20. The spirit and the soul part of us are so connected that the only thing that can separate the two is the word of God. And here is why we must manage our emotions. Because they affect our soul and our soul influences our believing. John chapter 20, look at verse 19. It says, then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for the fear of the Jews, then came Jesus and stood in the midst of them. He said, peace be unto you. And when he said, had said that, he showed unto them his hands and his side. Then were the disciples glad when they saw the Lord. Verse 24 now. Let's jump down to verse 24. But Thomas, one of the twelve, called Didymus, he was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples therefore said unto him, we've seen the Lord. In other words, Jesus showed up to them and they said, we've seen the Lord. But he said unto them, except I shall see in his hands the print of the nails. Notice now, Thomas is basing his believing on his five senses. He says, unless I see with my eyes the nail prints in his hands and put my finger, here's the touch now, put my finger into the print of the nails, that's, that's two senses right there. He had to see it, he had to touch it. Then he says, and thrust his hand into his side, Notice what he says. Read it with me. I will not believe. Notice now the key word in that verse is will. Where did I tell you the will was located? Your soul. Your soul is located. It, it, it involves five components. Your mind, your will. So watch this. Your will, my will can determine how we believe. He says, I will not believe. He could have said, I will believe. When God begins to expand your life and opportunities begin to come, you can say, oh, I don't believe that. It's too good to be true. Look at your neighbor and say, he's coming down your street in a minute. Watch what happened when Jesus came to Thomas. Look now in verse 24 or verse 25. No, let's go down. Let's skip to verse 26. And after eight days, again, his disciples were with him. Now, I want you to know something. Uh, Thomas decided to allow his soul, his five senses, his emotions to determine what he believed. But I'm going to show you here, Jesus is going to put him on track and give him a higher way of, uh, of believing. Verse 26, after eight days, again, his disciples were within and Thomas was with them this time. Then came Jesus, the doors were shut. He stood in the midst. He says, peace un be unto you, verse 27. Then he said to Thomas, Reach here your finger. Everybody say, that's touch. And behold my hands and reach here your hand, thrusting it to my side. Watch this. And be not faithless, but what? 
believing. In other words, Thomas was allowing what he saw and didn't see to determine what he believed. But Jesus is about to give Jesus, uh, Thomas a lesson. Jesus is going to show Thomas that you don't need physical evidence in order to believe. He goes on to say, and Thomas answered and said to him, My Lord, my God, Jesus said, Thomas, because you have seen me, you decided to believe. He says, but blessed are they that have not seen, but yet they have what? He said, listen, I need you to raise your level of believing. Your believing should not come from your soul. Your believing should come from your spirit. Your believing should not just take place in your head. Your believing should take place in your heart. Your believing should take place in your spirit and not based on your senses. Because one day you feel like you're going to be married and the next day you don't. I had somebody ask me one day, uh, do, you, what, do you feel saved every day? I said, well, how does being feeling saved feel? Now, I know what drunk feels like. But I don't know what being saved feels like. Being saved is not a feeling. Listen, once you start walking by your senses, the Bible says, for we walk by faith and not by sight. The moment you start walking by your emotions, your senses, those five things, guess what's going to happen? You're not walking by faith. Amen. Because, see, sometimes in life, life's going to throw you a curve. So watch this now. Jesus decided to give Thomas physical evidence but gave him a higher way to believe. In essence, Jesus was saying to Thomas, you need to learn how to believe from your heart and not just your head. And that's why in Romans chapter 10, you can just write it down, verse 9, it says that if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, watch this, and believe in your heart, not your head, believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. For with the heart, Man believes unto righteousness. In other words, your believing of God's word is not just your five senses. It has to come. Let me just say this. When uh, we were getting ready and, and God uh, told me to, to move from the elementary school we were in to, to move over here, I didn't have any, any five-sense realm evidence that this place even existed. So I could have said, God... There's nowhere around here that, I, that we can meet. No, I had to receive some spiritual information from my heart. And even though my head still was like, well, you know, because he told me to come on Eaton Road. He says, come on Eaton Road. And I, I went down Eaton going, going toward Cooper, and I didn't see no place. I was like, oh, is it the warehouses over here? He said, no, nah, they don't look like the auditorium I saw. He said, go back the other direction. I said, but the other direction is a, is a dead end. He said, go anyway. See, now I'm refusing to go by my five senses. And, and, and when you start learning how to, to walk by the spirit that's on the inside of you, God will give you information that regular people don't get. See, we've had a leak in our kitchen faucet now for the last month. We've had issues with plumbers coming and going. And, and so this past week, there was a plumber at my house. They had shipped a party in, that he needed to use. And he was trying to put this party in. He probably spent 45 minutes to an hour trying to put this party in. I'm sitting on the couch reading my Bible. And the voice of God says, go tell him he just needs to spray that with some WD-40 and it's going to go in. 
I'm like, he is, look, he, this guy is just messing up my Bible reading time. So I get up and I go in the kitchen. I said, excuse me. I said, man, you got some WD-40 on your truck? He says, I don't know. I said, okay, I'll be right back. I went to my room and I got some clipper oil because, you know, I used to be a barber. So I got some clipper oil and I went in there. I said, okay, this is my clipper oil. I said, give me, give me the thing. So we just sprayed it down real good. And then we stuck it in there. And then I just took this little thing and just tap, 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 boom, went in there. He didn't play with this thing five minutes. It took me less than, I mean, uh, an hour. It took me less than five minutes. So I looked at the guy. I said, how do you think I know that? He says, because you're the man. <laughs> I said, no, I'm not the man. I said, let me tell you how I knew that. I said, I'm sitting over there on my couch reading my Bible, and God spoke to me to tell you how to get this in there. And he said, oh, I was not going by my natural senses. See, God can give, the Bible says that God can give us witty inventions and ideas. Do you know that you're one idea from being a millionaire? Every invention has not been invented yet. But some of us, we are so in the flesh that we're not open to the invisible things of God. And the Bible said the things that are visible were made from those things that are invisible. Amen. So watch this. Here, we're going to close right here. Our, our emotions, which are located in our souls, they have been shaped by core beliefs. See, you started believing stuff, whether it was right or wrong, when you was brought up. You know, some of us, we were brought up, and, you know, uh, uh, some of the things that we believe, uh, they weren't true. They sounded good. You know, like, like one of the sayings that some of the people that used to go to church, you know, uh, they, they heard was, he, he may not come... When you want him, see, like y'all know about that. But he's always on. I have a problem with that. Because if I come when God wants me, why can't he come when I want him? Oh, oh, so that's too deep for y'all. No, no, no. If I come, the Bible says, be not deceived. God's not mocked. Whatever I sow is what I'm going to reap. So if I reap instant obedience with God, God is going to come when I want him. Thank you for those five scatter claps. <laughs> so our social environment is what shaped our core beliefs. The authority figures in our life, our moms, our teachers, and people like that, they shaped our core beliefs. Whether our core beliefs were right or wrong, they shaped them. Uh, repetitious information is how your core beliefs got shaped. And let me tell, I'm telling you this because these core beliefs were put inside of your heart. And your soul adopted them as true. And see, here's the key. Anything that got in first, you deem to be true. So if you heard for the first time all preachers are crooks, that's what you believe. Touch your neighbor and say, he may be talking about you. Repetitious information. That's why we respond to something we've heard over and over. That's why, you know, when McDonald's come out with a new product, they got this new sandwich, and on TV it looks so good. And then they paying somebody to make it taste so good. You say, hmm, you see that commercial over and over and over again? You don't even like McDonald's, but then you decided, man, I'm going to try that. You go through the line, pay for your sandwich, get that sandwich, and eat it, be like, hmm, this was not good. The only reason you went and bought it, repetitious information. And that's why faith comes by hearing and hearing the word. If you hear the word a lot, it will affect your life. And then the last thing are life experiences. So how do we overcome these negative emotions? Go to Psalm 19. Go to Psalm 19. We're going to close right here. Psalm 19. 
I did not do good with my 26 minutes, but I'm working on it. Psalm 19. Here's the good news. Regardless of the state of your emotions or your soul, it is not beyond repair, renewal, or restoration. I'm going to say that again. Because, see, some of y'all, y'all got wrecked from your last relationship. You didn't think you'd ever get over Johnny. You didn't think you'd ever get over Jeanette. Yeah, well, you can. Regardless of your soul's condition, your emotional state, it is not beyond repair, it is not beyond renewal, and it is not beyond restoration. In Psalm 19.7, you stay there. I'm going to read Psalm 23.1. It says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. Watch this now. And he restores my soul. I don't care what condition your soul is in the day. God, by His Spirit and His Word, can restore your soul to where it was before you met Johnny. Psalm 19.7, this is what it says. It says, the law of the Lord is perfect. And it says, converting the what? God's Word is able to... To convert your soul. And the word convert there means to turn back, to return, to reverse, and to restore. It also means to recover. So what he's saying here is if we will take God's word, and that's why I gave you those seeds. If you take the word and put it on the inside, that word will begin to restore. That word will begin to recover. That word will begin to reverse the condition of your soul. And it will go back to how God made you. So now instead of you wrestling with all these negative feelings, no, no, they'll be, listen, I promise you. See, this is why, uh, let me tell you how I do the word, okay? Remember now, I said that, that desires are triggered through our five what? Senses. So you know what I do? I try to get the word in as many sense realm ways that I can. So what, like when I read the Bible, I don't read the Bible. I have a Bible application on my phone, so I listen to the Bible. But I don't just listen to it because you can be listening to it combing your hair and you ain't really paying attention. I open my physical Bible out and I follow my Bible because seeing and hearing, how many senses is that? Two senses. So now I got two senses involved in the word coming on the inside of my life. And then watch this. When I'm done with those two senses, I begin to share or speak out of my mouth some things that God's word says about my life. Now I got a third sense coming in. It's called my hearing. And when my hearing kicks in, guess what kicks in? Faith. Here is why God wants you to manage your emotions. Because the Bible says your gift will make room for you and bring you before great men. But if you don't manage your emotions, you will flunk when you get up there in that room. What would it be like? I don't cuss, okay? Just look at your neighbor and say, he don't cuss. Haven't cussed in years. Don't even know how to cuss no more. Maybe if you may be mad enough, I'd figure it out. But, but, but I ain't cussed. Don't cuss. But what if I had not allowed God to purge me of cussing. Let me tell you how I got rid of cussing. I got rid of cussing two ways because I'm talking to some cussers right now. First thing I did is uh, the Lord told me to listen to people who cussed. And it sounded so bad. I was like, they can't figure out other words to use. So it's, you know, I listened to other people and how bad it sounded. And then you know what I did? 
I start putting this word in. Well, word in, word's going to come out. What if I hadn't have done that and I get on that stage up there with Joel Osteen, getting ready to declare favor over those people, and I get up there and just cuss? The room that God put me in, the man's gift will make room. What if I'd have got in that room and because my emotional state wasn't good, my emotional negative baggage kicked me out of that room. There are some people in this room today, you have some negative emotions that God wants to heal. But here's one thing you got to do. You got to put in the word. The word's like Drano. It'll clear it out if you put enough in there. If you, if you, yes, if you're a cusser, I dare you to put cuss free in you. You know, there's a scripture that says, let no corrupt communication come out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace to the hearers. That was one of the first verses I learned. Because if it didn't minister grace, I, I shouldn't say it. See, that'll keep you from gossiping. And so I'm going to declare in Jesus' name, that as you all begin to plant the word in your heart, as you begin to listen to the word, see this message right here, even if you don't buy it, go online this week and listen to it once or twice so the word can get on the inside. And I declare that the emotional negative baggage that you have in your life is going to dissipate in Jesus' name. I declare the word is going to take root and it's going to produce fruit and all the negative baggage and the emotions that have happened in your life, those negative re relationships that you've had, those negative experiences that you've had, those negative upbringing patterns that you've had, those negative habits that came along with your family will go away in Jesus' name because the word will declare live in your heart. The word will rule, the word will reign, and the word will work. Father, I thank you that the word in their lives is going to work every single time. In Jesus' name, with every head bowed and every eye closed.